you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. What's up, guys? How are you all doing tonight? Pretty good? One second. All right, so how are you guys doing tonight? Good? You guys awake? Amen. So I just want to thank Van and uh, the Chosen Gen team just for having me here tonight and just to share the word with you guys tonight. Amen. So let's just go ahead and uh, open up with a word of prayer. Um, Lord, we just thank you for today. Uh, We thank you for this opportunity just to learn from you. And we just pray um, that we have open hearts and minds to just receive your word tonight. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, so hands down. Uh, Jesus is one of the best teachers of all time. So we've had people like Martin Luther King Jr. We have Oprah, um, Abraham Lincoln. We have a lot of notable speakers and teachers in our lives. But hands down, the greatest teacher of all time, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. So one thing I really liked about Jesus' style of teaching is that he liked to use stories. You know, he incorporated you know, just simple little stories that, you know, they're easy to comprehend, easy for anyone to understand. But with these stories, they held deeper meanings, you know, and they taught us lessons that, you know, we all need to learn at one point or another, right? Have you guys heard about parables? All right, so Jesus used parables to tell stories. Um, just to give us a little bit of an understanding of, you know, what he's trying to teach us, amen? All right, so before we start, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys a little story. Can I have my two volunteers just join me real quick? Give it up for Roe and uh, Lester. All right, so these are my friends, Roe and Lester. These guys were born and raised in the island of Saipan. So anyone from Saipan here? Amen. So once upon a time, there was Roe and Lester. So I had a couple thousand dollars in my pocket, and I gave each of them a couple thousand dollars. The only thing I tasked them with, though, is to build a house. So Ro, you know, he loved the beach. You know, you can tell by his tan. You know, he works at PIC. So, you know, he wanted to build his house on the beach. So down in Micro Beach, that was his spot. Anyone from Saipan, you remember the spot? All right. So this is Rose spot. You know, he found a little patch of sand, and he was like, you know what, man? Let me just build my house here. I have a beachside view. You know, I get to see nice sunrises, sunsets, and everything like that. While Lester, you know, he wanted to find a little bit of better land. So along Airport Road, next slide, near Mount Tapachal, hey. he wanted to build something a little bit, you know, more stable away from the beach. So... He built his house there. It took him a little bit more longer time to build his house, but eventually he was able to make a house, right? So one day, Typhoon Dolphin or Condition Readiness One, Storm, whatever, came in and destroyed the island. And unfortunately for Rose House, this is what happened. (laughs) I'm sorry, bro, but you wasted my money, you know? (laughs) I'm joking, just joking. As for Lester, though, his house still remained regardless of the storm. So moral of the story, stay with Lester. 
Just joking. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being a good sport. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so before we go ahead and continue, I just have a little clip just to show you guys real quick. So if you can roll it. At the end of Matthew 7, Jesus told a little story that went something like this. Once was a man, a foolish man, who thought he got a great deal on a piece of property. It was a dirty, dusty, sand lot. But this man chose to build his house there. He worked a long time building his home, and he was proud of his house. But when the winds and rains came, His house did not stand because he built it upon sand. He lost everything and was very sad. There was another man, a wise man who looked long and hard to find good property. He found a good piece Looks of like land Esther, right? in a good neighborhood. And there he built his house. He worked long and hard and was proud of what he built. When the winds and rains came, his house stood because he built it on a good foundation. And then he praised the Lord. All right. Thank you. Does that story a little bit, like, sound a little bit familiar to any of you guys? All right. So if it sounds familiar, it's from the parable of the wise and the foolish builders, which is taken out of Matthew uh, chapter 7. So if you have your Bibles or apps... Please turn to chap or Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 24 to 29, and this will be our main verses for today. Are you guys still with me? Amen. All right, so verse 24, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the, stream, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. All right. So it's a little bit of a short story. Um, but it has a little bit of a deeper meaning. And tonight, we're going to explore the idea of the wise and the foolish builders. So let's first take into consideration the elements of the story itself. So next slide. So we have two men, the builders. This is a representation of two different um, ways that people responded to the message of Christ. They, another one was a house. That was a goal that they both had in mind. They both listened to the word, but they had the goal to... Build a house. I need to make a house. And then also the foundations is that they built upon. There was sand and there was rock. As well as the storms and the floods that came. So let's go dig into a little bit deeper. Um, just compare and contrast the two uh, builders that we have here and see what we can learn from tonight. Amen. All right, so next slide. So if you kind of take a closer look at both of these people, bro both heard the words of Christ. So at the time, Jesus was preaching one of the greatest messages of all time, the Sermon on the Mount. Does that sound familiar to anyone? A little bit? Yeah, so this is one of the greatest teachings of all time. Um, this actually is accessible to anyone. It's just in Matthew chapter 5 through 7. And this was just 
a really good thing that you guys need to check out. So if you have a chance, just please check it out. Um, there's many lessons and things that you can take away from these few chapters. Amen. But anyways, Jesus concluded his sermon on the mount with this short parable. The two people in this parable were present. They heard the message that Christ delivered on the sermon on the mount. No, they weren't there or here. They were just together listening to the word that was being spoken um, out into the crowds. In retrospect, they knew the way of salvation, and they both heard the gospel, but they each had different reactions or responses to what Christ is teaching them. Another one that we can look at is that they both built houses. So each built a house in regards to an understanding of the message that was delivered on the mount. And then a house can represent, you know, many things for other people. So it can represent success. It can represent wealth, family, security, peace, but most importantly, life. So tonight we're going to look at the house as a representation and a picture of life itself. And as a response to Jesus' teachings, they each built a life, they built a house based on how they perceived the message that was given. So they believed to a certain extent what Jesus was teaching on the mount, and they acted on it. They knew, like, what Jesus was teaching, but then they decided, okay, we need to get this into action. We need to apply this, and we need to start building this house. So they both did. Just keep in mind, though, you know, they both were together. You know, they both heard the same message. They were both responding the same way. They wanted to build a house, and they were just interpreting the way that Jesus know delivered his message just keep in mind they had similar houses uh not too many different like designs or whatever you know similar material um they didn't have like home depot or ace hardware or hd hgtv to kind of like give you guys different designs but they just had one goal in mind to build a house to build my life and another thing that was similar between the two were storms and floods they each experienced the same storm so they were together, they heard a sermon on the mount, and they both built houses. So it's very clear that they built their houses in the same location, the same area, and they both experienced the same storm. But as we know from the illustration earlier, one was devastated and one was just still standing still regardless of the same storm that they were facing. And recap, they both have a lot in common if you kind of take a look at it. They both were there. They both heard the message of Christ. They both built a house. And they just wanted to build a better life based on what they learned. But in the end, you know, the major differences that they built their houses upon totally drastically changed the outcome of one and the other. So let's go look at some uh, contrasts. So this is the main difference between the two. One built his house on the rock. One built on the sand. So sand itself is unstable. It is ever-changing, ever-moving, ever-shifting. A little gust of wind can move sand. You agree? A little gust of wind can just shift sand easily. The slightest movement, it's not the best place to build anything on, in my opinion. It's not the best place to build my life on. It's not the best place for me to build my future home. It's not the best place, not the best foundation for me. So building on the sand speaks of people. So we're going to take a look at two different responses 
the wise builder and the foolish builder. And these are just two different interpretations of how they responded to the message of Christ. So building on the sand speaks of people who may hear the gospel here and there. You know, they come to church. They hear what has to be preached. They go to EMC. They go to youth. They go to Chosen Gen. They listen to the messages that were speaking or spoken. But then again, they don't really apply it to their lives. You know, it just goes one through one year out the other. And that's a little bit foolish. You know, even though that they're there, they're present, it's not enough just to listen to the words um, that are being spoken. It's not enough just to be uh, taught the lessons that are being taught by your preachers, by your teachers. It's more than just that. It's more than just listening to that. A lot of times they hear the gospel, but they choose to follow God, unfortunately, on their own terms. You know, I don't like that the Bible says this. I don't like that the Bible says that. But I like how the Bible says this. You know, they're kind of being partial. They're picking and choosing what parts of the Bible they want to throw into their lives. But in actuality, you need to embrace the whole scripture. You know, embrace the whole word of Christ. Oftentimes, those who build on sand build on temporary things. Satisfaction. Self-righteousness. You know, just pride. They're just filled, feed, uh, filled sorry, they're just feeding things that are earthly, you know, worldly, ungodly things. They're just doing it for selfish reasons. You know, and building on sand, you know, it may seem easier. It's easier to build or dig into sand than it is to dig into rock. You know, there's not enough, or you don't need a, as much effort. You know, you just, it's just there. But oftentimes they just, you know, just have faith in themselves rather than in God. So the other one, he built on the rock. The one who built on the rock dug deep down. It wasn't easy. It wasn't as simple as just scooping a little bit of sand. He had to pick and pick and pick until he could reach the bedrock. You know, until he could reach the solid foundation. You know, something that doesn't move, that doesn't shake. To build his house, to build his life upon. From there he began to build his house. The rock, it doesn't move. It doesn't change. It doesn't shift. Just like the sand, how it shifts as easily with a gust of wind. That same gust of wind that hits the rock, it doesn't move. It's immovable. It's stable. Which I think is the best place to build buildings, to build your house, to build your life on. Something that doesn't change. Something that doesn't move. Something that just remains. Jesse. All right, so the next slide. What or who is the rock? So we talked about building our house on the rock versus building our house on the sand. You know, and scripture is actually very clear about what is the rock. So it's not Dwayne Johnson you know, in all his glory, but it's other things. So just the next slide, please. In Psalms 18.2, it says, the Lord is my rock. My fortress and my savior, my God is my rock, in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. In the next verse, Psalm 89, 26, it says, And he will call out to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And in the next one, 2 Samuel twenty two thirty two. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock. 
So scripture actually paints out a clear picture of who the rock is, who we're supposed to build or build our lives upon. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The God of David, Abraham, and Moses is the same God that you have in your hearts. Amen? He's not like the, the shifting sands of the world. No, his opinions, his values, everything about him, it doesn't change. His word is final. His views are final. Amen? Next slide, please. So what does building on the rock look like for us? Building on the rock refers to those who hear the gospel and believe to the extent that their lives are to be built upon it. Everything that they do in life is based on the rock of Jesus Christ. They understood that Jesus alone has the power to save. You know, in the scripture it says, in the beginning, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So what does that tell us? Building on the rock means we have to build our lives upon the very basis of scripture itself, the teachings of the word. There's no other way. Those who build on the rock believe and claim, John 14, 6, that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. So money, success, good grades, pleasing people. No, those are good things, but it's something that we shouldn't base our lives upon. You know, we shouldn't be so focused on, oh, yes, I make this many six figures or I have, like, straight A's, whatever, you know. Like, those are still good, but here it says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only foundation that we are supposed to build our lives upon. Amen? So in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, it says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. It's big. Very easy. Very easy. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Amen? Life is hard, no matter who you are. Now, we all build our lives on something, and regardless of who we are, if we're campus ministry or ministers, if we're just regular students or just someone that's average, you know, regardless of who you are, storms of the life are just going to come crashing down, regardless of who you are. The question I have for you guys is, in the face of these storms, in the face of these floods, how will I stand? Am I building my life upon something that's temporary that will fail me? Or am I building my life on something that's solid as the rock of Jesus Christ in my life? Amen? Whenever we face obstacles and problems in our life, sometimes we ask, why me? Why do I have to go through this pain? But Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So his plans were never for us to make, to suffer, you know. He always wants the best interest. You know, he always has the best interest in mind. And we just have to be cautious of the floods by the storms of life. It says in Isaiah 59, 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood. When the enemy comes in like a flood. 
Floods are attacks of the enemy via sin, via temptation, and all those things. He doesn't have the best interest in mind for us. All he wants is for us to fail. All he wants is for our houses to be destroyed like the picture of the house by the sea. No, he doesn't want us to suffer, but as long as we keep him at the very core of our lives, his promises will be fulfilled in our lives. In the end, we will endure every storm, obstacle, and challenge that may come our way. Amen? Let's pray. But while everyone's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, well, maybe something struck a, struck a chord with you tonight. And maybe you're now realizing that I'm building my life on something that's not solid. Maybe I'm building my life on something that's temporary or selfish. No, it says in scripture that Jesus is the only way. No, we're all going to suffer regardless of who we are. Broad is the way that leads to hell. Narrow is the way that leads to righteousness. But maybe tonight, in your hearts, you feel like, man, Lord, this whole time I just thought I've been doing right. But now you're realizing I need to base my life completely on you. Base my life on the entire scriptures. Base my life not on my own. Not on my own selfish reasons, but to completely trust and have faith in you. So if any of you tonight just want to realign yourselves tonight, lift up your hand. Jesus sees your heart, and he sees that you want to just make things right again. It's never too late. It's never too late. Sometimes we feel like, you know, I'm the biggest failure. I've been... Focusing so much on maybe pleasing my parents or getting that promotion or making myself feel accepted. But we just have to realign ourselves back into the right foundation that is our rock and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go pray. Lord, we just thank you for tonight and we thank you for the words that you've spoken to us, Lord, tonight. And we pray. That we set our foundations on you, that we set aside any pride, any ego that might be affecting us, and that we just totally rely on you. Tonight, Lord, we surrender our lives back to you, and we pray, Lord, that we just shift our minds away from the shifting sands of this world, and that we set our foundations on the rock of your love. We thank you that you are a gracious God, that regardless of who we are, regardless of what we do, you accept us, and you still call us by name. You still call, the, call us sons and daughters. You still call us a chosen generation. So, Lord, we just rededicate our lives to you tonight, and we pray, Lord, that you just help strengthen us and grow in our relationships with you. In your most precious name that we pray.